gets inside, leans in, knocked away and stolen by Holiday. Now up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. To Curry, way down top. This the dagger. This kind of sick. Zion's gonna want out soon. Here's the thing, I don't think the front office of that organization, of that New Orleans organization, knows what the heck they're doing. What can I say? Mamba out. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. I am your host, Josh Funings, and today we are on day 3 of 10 for Road to the NBA Trade Dead On. February 9th, mark your calendars. If you are not about the dead on, we are less than two weeks away. Today is the 31st, and we're nine days away. Can you guys believe it? All of your team's hopes and dreams could be coming together, or if you're like the Raptors or other teams, you're going to have complete meltdowns, frustrations, and just abandonment. That feeling of abandonment. And so much more. I can't believe it's already Wednesday. I have been doing this since Monday. We have been getting all the news. And I got some huge news for you guys. Um, I have mock trades. We're going to be looking at OG and Amnobi mock trades today. Just featuring the Raptors and the Suns. But then for the Suns, I have a bonus. Bonus two mock trades involving the Hornets and the Lakers. Stay tuned for that. Uh, I have a lot of OG Aminobi news. An update on Jeremy Grant and how he feels towards the Blazers personally. As he's not accepting the extension by the Blazers. But it's not the reason that you think. It's actually not. It's actually something completely different. We have Phoenix Suns news involving this one player and his contract being iffy and maybe not getting extended. We have the Kings and their needs. We have Bones Highland and so much more. Guys, we're jumping into it as you know where to find me. Remember, YouTube channel, Quartz Heat, at Quartz Heat. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Tumblr, forever uses that. Courts Heat, besides Instagram, Instagram is Courtside Heat NBA. But guys, we're always uploading every Monday, Thursday, Saturday for 2K content, my career, bonus stuff, fun stuff outside of my career. Um, social media, that's just where you can get all the latest news. Um, Highlights, excitement, reports, rumors, all of that good stuff, and my personal opinions on there as well. And I'm a biased Phoenix Suns fan, so uh, just bracing y'all for that. But, there is a lot going on, and like I said, I know I said day free, but I'm going to reiterate it again. Since the trade on is coming up, I will be releasing a podcast episode detailing the deadline each day leading up to 9. I don't care if it's a Wednesday like today or a Saturday or even a Sunday. We will be doing this until it is the 9th. So not this Thursday, but next Thursday, we will be rolling out with all these episodes. Every single day. I don't care if it's a Sunday. I don't care if it's a Saturday. I don't care what day it is. We're doing it. 
And these episodes will be between 40 minutes to an hour long. No joke. Um, so thank you everyone who's been subscribing, who's been keeping up with this, as we will be coming out with many more. Uh, podcasts can be found on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Podcasts, or I guess it's Apple Podcasts, whatever. Uh, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, CourtsAheed.com, uh, my website, uh, YouTube. That's where the podcast is going to be at. So if you're on YouTube, you got YouTube Premium. Um, just don't listen to ads, right? Or you don't have that, but still just want to use YouTube. And you just want to have something going on your phone. By all means, play that. We have it everywhere. So do not miss it. You will be super sad if you do. So guys, with that being said... We are jumping into it. And I just want to say one thing. For everyone that tuned in to the live stream last night. Uh, featuring the Heat Cavaliers game. That had to be cut off super short because. My Xbox. As you were all aware. For everyone that stayed in. Stay tuned. Was acting up several times. I had to cut the stream. It kept kicking me out. Of the scoreboard, and I couldn't allow the stream to continue. It, it it was really frustrating. I tried working on it for 20 minutes. I couldn't. So for everyone that was uh, watching, listening, and my apologies that I got cut abruptly, and it will not happen again. So come back, join us. Um, keep polling and uh, keep voting on those polls. Keep leaving your questions down in the chat. I will be answering them. We will be coming out with more um, live streams. Expect it to be either Friday and or Saturday because my goal is to always have those running for people that want to see that type of content. So that's my opinion. Um, most likely Friday we will be covering the Sun Celtics game. But I cannot confirm anything else. That's February 3rd. Again, I can't count. I can't promise y'all anything. But I'm going to try to make that happen. Because I want this to happen so, 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 so bad. With that being said, let's jump into breaking news around the league. And after we get done with all of this exciting information, we will jump into topic of the day. Which is looking at trades between the Suns and the Raptors involving OG and Anobi. And we will have two bonus trades to look at featuring the Suns and many other teams. Um, spoiler, it involves the Hornets and the Lakers. The Hornets, it is not Jay McDaniels. Um, do not expect it to be McDaniels. I'm rolling him out now. But there is one wildcard player that I think we can, we can easily score. If you're a fan of the Phoenix Suns. If not, just keep, just keep being a depressed loser. Anyways, let's start in. And talking about the Phoenix Suns, let's talk about them now in Saban Lee. I've been very impressed with Saban Lee, but his second 10-day contract has expired. It expired yesterday, which was a Tuesday. And while he has made a case to be signed 
for the remainder of the season. It appears that the Suns are going to save that open spot for a player they may pick up at the deadline. However, Phoenix will circle back around to Lee if that spot is back open. And they want him to stay. And, and, and so pretty much, they're going to circle back around. And they're going to see if they really want him for the remainder of the season. Because the reason why I stopped uh, just in the middle of my sentence is not because I was just trying to pick up my train of thought. No. The reason why I did that was because I want to explain something. With the way everything's going right now, the Suns can't offer him another 10-day contract. They have to sign to, to the remainder of the season. And so they don't want to give up that valuable spot. Personally, I can understand. Even though I like Sabin Lee, he's been very good, very active for the Phoenix Suns, and very impactful in his uh, role he was given, especially with the depth at that position. So I am... I, I just I hope that they can, but for the greater good of the trade line and what they want to accomplish, he is no longer with the Phoenix Suns and will not be until after the trade line if they have a roster spot open. And with the 10 games he played with Phoenix, he averaged 17 minutes, 7 points, 45.5% from the field, 2 rebounds and 3 assists. Absolute good stats from him in the 10 games that he played. And he was with the team for 20 days. It, I always feel bad for players that are here for more than 10 days or with the team for 20 days and then who don't get signed to an extension, signed to the remainder of the season. I don't know. I've always been that way, especially if a guy has proven himself. But it's not because the uh, Spurs, or not Spurs, but the Suns don't want him. They do, but they have to weigh their options. And when it comes to the trade on and what they want to achieve in the roster spot, right, you have to have availability. So that's going to be the tough part. But they're not going to roll them out, especially if they're dormant during the trade on or they're able to still keep a roster spot open, depending on how many players they trade. It could be one, it could be two, it could be more. Not going to lie. That's currently where we're at with Saban Lee and the Phoenix Suns. But I can confirm, per Arizona Sports and many other, that since his 10-day contract expired, he is no longer with the Phoenix Suns. Uh, he's 23 years old, came out of the 2020 draft as a second-round pick. Uh, 38th pick, to be exact, point guard. Played for... Vanderbilt University, yeah, it was confirmed yesterday morning that he was no longer with the Phoenix Suns. So, that is where we're at. Best of luck to him. Hopefully, he's still available. If not, maybe we could pick him up in the offseason. Now, I, I was going to get to the Jeremy Grant news, but should I really... No, no, not yet. Not yet. I want to talk about John Collins. Because he's been connected to the Phoenix Suns. And while many people have turned down the notion that the Suns actually want John Collins and that would fit. 
there is a possibility that the Hawks may just be keeping John Collins after all. But, there is a catch. So, the Atlanta Hawks have told teams around the league that they are comfortable with keeping John Collins beyond the upcoming trade deadline. But it is believed that they will continue to listen to all offers and see if any of them make sense for the team. I'm not saying that a deal will get done, and I'm not saying that a deal won't get done. But the Hawks aren't, are obviously aren't in a rush to trade him. They're willing to keep him for the remainder of the season. I do believe in the end of this season, or at the end of this trade-on, he will be gone. So, he's going to be gone within now or the next few months. I can guarantee you guys that. I, be, But I'm also going to say this. I'm not going to rule out the Pelicans' interest in John Collins. Because you got to remember, the Hawks won a more balanced team offensively and defensively. I covered that in yesterday's podcast episode. So, there are growing in their motives of trading the forward. And it's being said in New Orleans could send more defensive-minded players to Atlanta to meet those demands. I've brought up Devontae Graham, Jackson Hayes, and Najee Marshall. Because they're all being shopped around the league. Pelicans aren't afraid to make a trade. So, I'm not going to rule that out. I've seen they could cobble something together. But with the Pelicans still interested in John Collins, it's like, okay, let's take this for a spin. What can we do? So I'm not saying that the Pelicans are moving closer to a deal, and I'm not saying that they aren't. All I'm saying is that there's a looming interest there, and I think if they're gonna, if the, I think if the Atlanta Hawks are gonna be looking at all of their options, they're gonna still consider the New Orleans Pelicans, and they're gonna see, okay, what can we get? What can we get? Can we get a draft pick from? Maybe a second rounder, one second rounder, and two players. Okay, we can make that work. We can make that package work. Now, I think that the I think the um, Pelicans would love to make that work. I think the Hawks would love to make that work. So I'm still taking John Collins to the Pelicans. I'm not saying that I'm going to call it, but I've called many past trades. I've called many trades before. The most recent trade that I called was the 76ers Nets trade involving Ben Simmons. I called that trade almost perfectly, and I told you how they were going to do it. I'm not going to relive through my glorious moments, despite how few I have. Just kidding. Um, yeah. So, rarely am I wrong about these things. Cause I, I just got a feeling, but it's going to go one of two ways for the Hawks. They're either going to part ways with him now, they're either going to trade with him now, or they're going to trade him in the offseason, in the upcoming summer. I honestly do believe that. They've expressed those intentions. Those are their desires to get a deal done with another team. But they're going to have that window of now or the beginning of the offseason. That is what I'm feeling, and that's what's being uh, rumored around the league. So the Hawks are going to be patient. They're not going to be taking bad deals. And they're just going to be comfortable right now. They're just going to see those offers coming in. If there's more than one grave, there's not, okay. Then they're just going to evaluate their options from there, evaluate everything, and take it from there. It's as simple as that. 
Now, do you guys want to know something that's really simple? You ready? You ready? Per Mark Stein, Bones Highland. I've been talking about him a lot. Past two days, I've been talking about him. Bones Highland is one of the players most likely to get traded before the upcoming deadline. Here's my personal feeling on Bones Highland, and it's this. My personal feeling is that the Timberwolves will pull the trigger and acquire him. And also, per Chris Haynes of Yahoo Sports, Highland is willing to be traded if it means him getting a larger role. So, let's not feel bad for Highland and like, oh, they're trading him because they don't value him. No, they value him, but they have different priorities. And they have different values, Carlin. And Highland has expressed for a larger role. He wants a larger role. And he's performing up to where he can get increased in minutes and increased in impactful time on the court and getting more shots and getting more attention with a different team. So he's good to go. He wants to be traded. He's fine to be traded. He just wants a larger role, which is respectable, which is understandable. I would do the same exact thing if I was in Bones Highland situation. I truly would. Here's a guy averaging 12 points, 40% from the field, two rebounds, three assists off of 19.5 minutes per game in 42 games. He's increasing very well from last season this season. In minutes, points, uh, field percentage the same. Rebounds are a little bit down by 0.7, but assists have gone up by 0.2. Just looking at basic stats. But he's a very good defensive player. He's a he's a nice balanced player. He's a nice balanced player. But it should be made known what why um, the Pelicans are going through with this. Because it's not a rocket science. It never was. Or I'm sorry, the Nuggets, not the Pelicans. My apologies. It should be made known why they're doing this. And it's not for some insane reason, right? They're not like, oh, we're just going to do this because. Look, the reason why they're doing this is because they want an upgrade. They're looking for a defensive option with size in return for Highland. Highland is a scrawny guy. They want a guy with size and physicality. I'm not saying of a tank like Giannis Antetokounmpo. But I'm also not saying like the scrawniness of Chet Holmgren from the Oklahoma City Thunder. And Real quick, how many people forgot about him since he injured his knee? Do you want to remember that? We injured some moves after the season. I feel bad. He was actually supposed to have a really promising rookie year, and I think he could have won uh, Rookie of the Year. I think it's going to go to Paolo Panchero, Panchero, but who knows? It's either going to be Jabari Smith Jr. or Paolo Panchero. I make I have a very strong case for Panchero to win it. I really do. He's a very promising player, and he's been the best performing player by far. And the Orlando Magic are very lucky to have a player like him. But yeah, so the Nuggets are looking for a defensive option with size. They want somebody to be bulked up and ready to go. 
That's just that. That's the facts. And I'm not saying anything. And I, but I want you all to think about this. The Timberwolves are linked to Bones Highland because of Tim Connolly. Because he originally drafted him when he was with Denver. But now he's with Minnesota. I want y'all to consider this. Naz Reed gets traded from Minnesota. Because there has been some expressed interest in him. And they ship him on down to Denver. Why? Why would I say Naz Reed? Because Reed over here is only 24 years old. He's a center. He's a big boy. He's six foot nine. He has size. Like he's built. He's built bigger than Bones Highland by far. He'll get you what you need out of him defensively, but he's also balanced to where he can score ten points per game as he is right now for Minnesota. He's seasoned. He's played four seasons. Crawling his fourth season. He's been pretty healthy his entire career. 2019, 30 games. 2020, 70. Uh, 2021, 77. And now currently, 45. What could be his final season? I think Nazareth could be traded. And it would make sense why he would go to Denver. I think Bones Highland... I think Bones Highland for Naz Reed and whatever else would go in there. I don't, cause I don't think it would be a strip deal, but I think those two pieces as the centerpiece, as the main focus, can and might happen. I'm not going to say probably or will happen. I'm just saying it might happen. I could see it. There's, there's the qualifying piece. There's the qualifying player that fits the defensive option with size in return for Highland. I'm, I honestly do believe that. And I wouldn't see why people would turn that down within the Denver front office. Or same goes for Tim Connolly in that front office in Minnesota. I'm just being honest. Now, are, are the Minnesota Timberwolves eyeing a contract extension with Naz Reed? Yeah, sure. You could say that, but I think maybe you take Bones Highland. Because Bones Highland can be very beneficial to the Timberwolves. Now, he's a year younger, but that means nothing, let's be honest. He has seven less inches than Reed. His productivity is not the same as Reed. Well, scoring, he's better, but rebounds are down, and he's not built the same. He's not built the same as Reed. But I'm not going to describe on that just because he's not built to the size of Reed. I'm just not going to do that. But I think that if you want a larger role and you got to fill the role of Nas Reed, okay, there's your larger role. That It's a win-win for the player and the two teams. It's a win-win-win. It's a triple win. It's a triple dub across the board. So... Those are my feelings on it. Those are my simplistic feelings on it. Nothing too major out there, but it will be a simple trade, a triple dub across the board win. Um, that's going to be my new saying. But that's where we're at. I'm not going to rule that out. And it could be a wild card. 
But if Mark Stein is right, I'm not questioning him whatsoever because he has sources within there that knows what's going on within the league and maybe in those teams and around those teams. So I'm not going to doubt him one second. So if he's one of the easiest players to move, if Bones Highland is one of the easiest players to move, and it could be the quickest and easiest, maybe even cheapest, who knows, then why not do it with the Timberwolves? The Timberwolves like to have him back. Tim Connolly has great connection to um, Highland. Naz Reed can go. If they're like, okay, we rather have Highland than Reed, Reed can go over there and satisfy the needs of the Nuggets. I don't see the problem there. I don't see the problem there whatsoever. It just depends how much you value Naz Reed. So, that's just my little prediction. I was just walking you guys through my thought process a bit and how I came to the conclusion of Nasri being traded to Denver in exchange for Highland going to Minnesota. And I don't know if draft picks or cash are going to be involved. Who knows? I don't care about that right now. I more care about the players because that's more fundamental to the organizations of both of those teams than just some cash and some draft picks that can't be used right now. But Nasri would be good for the Nuggets. I'm just saying. Nuggets are in a very good position. So why not bulk up? And why not go on in defensively? So you have that. Now I'm going to switch our gears to the Sacramento Kings. Who are also looking for defensive minded players. But theirs is a little more specific. So the Sacramento Kings are monitoring the potential availability of Mat uh, Matisse Feibel, who's from the 76ers. If you don't remember him, he went to the 76ers. He's not bad. People were expecting more out of him, but 25-year-old's not bad. He's been here since 2019. He's pretty much underperforming. He has been cut of his minutes severely. He started in 2019 and 19. Then 2021, he had a career high minutes of 25 and a half, only playing 66 games, and now it's been reduced by 13 minutes to 12.1. And he's only averaging 2.1 rebound and a half assist. So I could see the availability being a positive on Matisse Feibel. So the team is reportedly looking for a defensive-minded option at the wing position. And Fiebel would fill that need. So Matisse Fiebel could be on his way out. Um, look, he wasn't a very he was a very promising player at the at the twentieth pick. He has some expectations on him, but he's just not panning out. And the 76ers are just reducing his minutes because of that and just reducing his time and just his action on the core play, all that stuff. So, actions have consequences. Remember that. So, I would say a second round pick would easily, easily get Matisse Feibel. I don't think there's going to be a player involved. I don't think it's going to be this grand, complex situation and there's going to be this big mastermind plan. Nope, it would just be a second round pick. I truly do believe that. Because, and nothing against Matisse Feibel, he's just a very underwhelming, non-performing player. Is he good defensively? 
Okay, sure. But besides that, he's lacking in other areas. Like in all areas. If you can't pass, if you can't grab rebounds, and you definitely can't score, you're just pretty much a younger version of Patrick Beverly. Right? So I hate to say it, but now, does he come out with quick spurts? Sure. Like on January 25th against Brooklyn and January 30th against Orlando, in those 11 to 12 minutes that he was playing, he was 3 of 5 both games and scored 10 points. So you have some of that. So we could give you some of that, but then the rest of his games is like either 0, 2, or 4. So there's a lot of inconsistency, a lot of consistency in underperforming. The inconsistency would be that he's getting over 5 points, right? And then he's shooting 60% from the field, right? Those would be the inconsistencies. His consistencies would be getting zero to four points per game, or just two points per game. And there's even some inconsistencies where they've bumped up his play, like on January 14th against Utah, 20 minutes. January 19th against Portland, 17 minutes. Right. So just I'm giving, I'm giving examples here. There was one time, January 12th, against the Oklahoma City Thunder, where he had zero points, zero shots attempted, zero rebounds, and zero assists in 11 minutes. That's tough. Or even January 21st against Sacramento, and 13 points, only putting up two points, one of one from the field, two rebounds, and that's it. It's tough. That's not good. So, I wouldn't be surprised if he became available. I wouldn't be surprised at that at all. In fact, I'm banking on that he's going to be available. So, I'm not surprised that the Kings are monitoring him. So, this is just from a defensive standpoint. You'll play 10, 12 minutes. Maybe even put him back up to 20. Who knows? But he's not going to give you anything else. But if he's able to lock down some guys, pull on the clamps, then sure. Why not give him a chance? But besides that, there's really nothing interesting. It's just Matisse Feibel. And nothing against him. It's just very underwhelming. Underperforming in many ways. And guys, lastly, before we get to the Raptors news, and then our topic of the day, we have Jeremy Grant. So Jeremy Grant acknowledged that the Portland Trailblazers have offered him a contract. He acknowledged that. He knows full well, privately, and publicly. Grant also said he's in no rush to ink that deal. But <clears throat> he said it has nothing to do with his happiness level in Portland. Quote, I'm kind of focused on the season at the hand, at hand right now. Probably will wait until after the season and talk to GM Joe Cronin. End quote. Uh, I'm sorry. Yes. Then Grant said, quote, everything is good. I like it here. Really enjoying it. So, yeah, we will discuss it when it's time. End quote. That's pretty much him saying, I'm focusing on the season right now. I'm going to weigh my options. So he's doing it the smart way, the respectful way. He's like, look, Trailblazers, they can trade me if they want. But I love this team. I love it right now. 
I'm focusing on this season. I'm probably going to wait till after this season. I'm going to talk to the GM, have a heart-to-heart, man-to-man conversation. We'll discuss when the time's right, but I really enjoy it here. I like it here. Nothing's wrong. Everything's good, right? Nothing has to do with happiness. He's just also taking it from a business perspective because everyone knows he's going to be making more for agency than what the Blazers can offer right now. But the Blazers can offer more than what they are offering right now come in, in for agency, come the offseason. So Jeremy Grant's like, look, I respect contract, but I'm going to wait right now. I'm going to talk with the GM. I'm going to talk with the Blazers. I'm going to talk it over. I'm going to wait right now. I'm going to focus on this season. I love it here. My happiness is fine. It's not concerning that. I'm just going to slow roll this. This is pure business. This is pure respect for the team. And he's mounting this publicly so there's no bad blood. His intentions are out for the public to hear and to read and to understand. And I think this is great news for Trailblazers fans. Why? Because it's now not this, oh, he didn't want to finish a season with the Blazers. That's really concerning, especially when you're trying to reassemble this team around Damian Lillard. Or, wow, this guy's a jerk. He just doesn't want to resign because he doesn't want to be committed to playing for an okay franchise. Or all these different perspectives and scenarios people could be playing on their head. So I find that very professional and very respectable by Jeremy Grant. Because he's taking it from a business perspective and from a relationship perspective. And he's just like, I'm going to focus on that after season. I'm, he said, I'm kind of focused on the season at hand right now. He said he'll probably wait until after the season talk to the GM. You have to respect that. There's nothing that he said that would persuade your emotions one way or another. It's a very smart business and professional and respectable tactic. There is nothing wrong with that. There's not. He did it the right way, and now it's in the the ball is in the Trailblazers' court. They have control of the situation. I don't think the Blazers are going to trade him. They gave up some assets, pretty much nothing to get Jeremy Grant, which was a steal for them, just like the Malcolm Brogdon trade. Um, for the Celtics, right? Pretty much gave up nothing to India to get him. Which is very impressive. Not going to lie. So, yeah. No, there's nothing major going on. But it's going to wait. It's going to value all his options. It's going to view. He's going to just get a scope of the land. He's going to survey the land, right? He's going to look over all of his offers. All of his interests in other teams. And what other teams are interested in him. And etc. So, nothing too major on that end, which is a positive for Trailblazer fans, whose season has been up and down, to say the least. Just being honest with y'all. But real quick, I'm looking up their, I'm looking up their um, record. They're 12 right now, 24 and 26. Uh, Thunder and, and them have the same record. They're 5-5 five, five in the last 10. Uh, the way that the Pelicans are going, who are 1-9 in their last 10, 26-26, they could easily be bumped down to 12. I just, this, this, entire, this entire Eastern Conference is just so tight. The Nuggets are fine. They're 35-16. and 
the Grizzlies are 32 and 18. They're fine. Then Kings 28 and 21. Not a lot of people are talking about the Kings, but they need to be talking about the Kings more. I'm going to talk about that after the trade on because I have a lot of valid points about the Kings. And I've talked about them in the offseason and the trade they pulled off for Kevin Herter and just their overall team. So I'm going to get to them more, but people aren't giving them their due props, their due credit. But I just find it really interesting from 4th all the way to 9th, it's separated by two games. Think about that. But no, I'm sorry, all the way to 10th is separated by two games. So that's pretty crazy. Suns can easily be in 4th in a game. Think about it. In two games. They give me a fourth place. That's pretty insane. Now think about that. Think about it. Same could be said for the Pelicans in, in free games. Same for the Timberwolves, Jazz. Anyways, so you got some of that going on for the uh, for the Blazers. And guys, what we all been waiting for is the most highly anticipated, emotionally charged. This could be persuaded either way, interpreted either way, with many back doors, front doors, side doors, so many different avenues, so many different rabbit holes, and so many different directions that this can be taken in and gone mad in. It is the Raptor situation, all these trades, the trade on. This should be the most talked team through activity in the rumor mill and just churning out those reports. They're going to be active. I guarantee you that. When you have players that aren't happy with you, you have an undecided future with a head coach. Coaching staff is going to get scrapped. Your GM's fine, though. Players won out. You should have a massive rebuild. I covered this in yesterday's podcast episode, which you guys absolutely love. So I would go check out that podcast episode if you have not on YouTube or any of the other social media platforms or podcasting platforms that I am on. But, I'm not going to relive that. If you guys want to check that out, go check out yesterday's. But, continuing off that theme, Fred Van Fleet finally gave his price of what he considered himself, his value of himself per year. So, Fred Van Fleet considered himself a 30 to $35 million per year player before the season began. So before the season started, he was hoping to make 30 to 35 million per year. And honestly, I could not disagree more. He is a fine player. No doubt in my mind. But should a guy who's only averaging 19 points, four boards, and six and a half assists be making 30 and 35 and a half? I don't know. Look, guys, I know that everyone's going for bigger contracts, and it's pretty much exploding like the MLB, but not on steroids, right? I get it that a lot of guys are being paid high amount of money, right? But, look, you're getting into really interesting conversations. You're going to be put up there with guys like Nikhil Jokic, Stephen Curry, Brad Beal, Devin Booker, 
uh, Big Cat, Luka Doncic, Levine, Young, Embiid. Like, depending on, on the contract, let's say you do $35 million. Let's say you go on the high side. Say you go on the high side. Let's say you're going to bank on yourself. You do four years, that's 140. You're going to be in the top 10 of the highest paid guys. And those guys right there are may, are getting more than what you are currently having. They're putting up a bigger impact. Right? And I'm not I'm not saying that he's not worth 35 million per year, 30, 35 million per year. But I don't know. You have to prove it a lot. And he's been good. He's been fine. And I'm not going to totally disagree with him. I think he's more worth 25, 30 million per year. I don't think he's worth 35. That's just my opinion, but. Yeah. I just don't. I don't see it. I don't know. It'll be, it's tough. Like, I just don't know how you gauge that sometimes. Because is, is Fred Van Vliet good? Yes. Is he a franchise player? Not all on his own, but he's a very good player who can be a part of the franchise and that you could help build around, if that makes sense. But I don't think he's worth 30, 35 million. He's worth 25 to 30 million, but not on the higher side of 35 million, if that makes sense. And speaking of contracts, and this is the last thing I have for breaking news around the league, before we get to the topic of the day, it's OJ Anobi. And the Raptors would like to get off of OJ Anobi's contract before they have to pay him after next season. So they have no intention of paying him. They want to get rid of his contract. His contract is massive. And Fred Van Vliet, Gary Trent Jr. are all guys that were expected to be traded. And now the Raptors want to get off his contract. That's free players right there. And that's just leaving you... Pascal Siakam, Thaddeus Young, Otto Porter Jr., uh, Scotty Barnes, and a lot of other players. But Pascal Siakam's not going to stick around for that unless he's super loyal. Could I see that? Maybe. He's been loyal up to this point. What's a few more years? Right? He's been here since uh, 2016. Since the very beginning. And he's an elite basketball player. Now, his price tag is going to be sky high, out of the roof, probably improbable unless you want to scrap your entire team just from. You're going to pull Kamaru Anthony of New York Knicks and just try to get him for like the value of just trying your whole team. You remember that trade where the Knicks gave up their entire roster just to get one player? And Carmelo was good back then, but not good enough just to scrap your entire team. But I guess when you have a ball hog, you better just get rid of your entire team. So he's the only one that can take all the shots. So there's no complaints there. And yes, I did just go there. So Nick Nurse, Fred Van Vliet, OJ Anobi, Gary Trent Jr., and Pascal Siakam could all be out. That's tough. So we're already seeing where, where, the, where the Raptors are heading. They don't want to be paying all of this. They want to build around probably Scotty Barnes and other young players key players. I think that's fair to say. And guys, with that being said, I'm just going to segue into our topic of the day, featuring the Sons of the Raptors evolving OJ and Nobe. We're going to be looking at many different trades, mock trades, 
these trades can work. These trades don't have to work. I just want to get your opinion. Um, real quick, and I know I said this in the series of tweets that I was going to be talking about Cam Johnson, Mikael Bridges, how the Phoenix Suns view him, how other teams will view him. I just want to say this. Mikael Bridges is not going to be traded. The Suns, in no shape, form, or fashion, are going to be traded. I would be shocked and appalled if they got rid of Mikael Bridges, and I'm just saying that now. However, I think there is one player that these Suns are ready to part ways with. And it's on the top free list of top list of everyone. You ready? Landry Shaman. I'm going to wait on my analysis of Cam Johnson because I have strong views of him. Good or bad, you guys are going to hear it. But here's my first mock trade. And I'm being real with y'all. And it involves Raptors, Suns, no freeway trades. Even though I said that the Bucks could get on this, I'm not going to do one right now. I think that would just complicate things. But OJ Anobi goes to the Suns. But the Suns give up Daru Sarjic, Landry Shaman, a 2024 first rounder, more favorably protected, and a 2026 first rounder. Guys, would you do this? Would you do this trade? And I just want to preference this. I made these trades. Based on players that the Suns should be moving, and that would make the most sense to move. And the Suns have ties to OG Anobi. Look, um, these trades, they're just feelers. I'm not saying that these should be the exact ones. I'm not saying you that I agree with all of these. I don't think you give up. A protected first rounder, an unprotected first rounder, and two players when it comes to death. But the reason why you have to give up two players is because you have to off balance the heavy contracts coming in from OJ and Nobi. Because if they don't, and you just add just Landry Shaman, no Derek Surge, you're gonna have to cut nine million somewhere. So just get rid of the versatile big which was on many people's list of getting rid of, since he's not being utilized, he's being underutilized, and I think he could be in an efficient system, playing efficiently and being more impactful. I truly do believe that. So that those are my opinions right there. So I think you have to trade Elijah Shaman. He's just not been panning out. He's been very inconsistent. I have made an entire Topic of the Day podcast episode dedicated to him and his failures and his successes, but outweighing the pros and cons and just ciphering through it all, Landry Shaman, this movement shooter, has to be traded along with the versatile big, the 6'10", Dario Saric. I'm just being for real. I'm just being for real. And I'm not just saying that to say because I need somebody to fill. No. He has to be gone. I honestly do believe that. And Cam Johnson is a power forward, small forward. OJ Anobi is a power forward, small forward. So you could have this working of Devin Booker, Chris Paul, OJ Anobi, DeAndre, and 
Cam Johnson. Problem is, is that, um, well, how are you going to pay for everyone? That and why are you benching Mikhail? So there's going to be some lineup issues. So this isn't foolproof, full sound, right? I'm not saying that at all. There's going to be a lot of risks taken and a lot of judgmental calls and a lot of decisions you're going to have to make. But Devin Booker is your shooting guard. Chris Paul is your point guard. DeAndre is your center. So you have Devin Booker, Chris Paul, DeAndre, Mikael Bridges. Well, if you go Jam Nobi, are you going to put Cam Johnson back on the bench? Are you going to try to do half and half where Mikael Bridges plays 42 games and Cam Johnson plays 41 games? I'm sorry, 41-41, where, the, where they can both be half and half starters? Like, how would that work? I'm going to get to Cam Johnson in a second, but just think about that. Think about that. I'm going to give you my takes on this all. I'm going to give you my takes on this, because I think this is very important. So I'm going to lay these out, I'm going to give you my takes on these. Because I, 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 Like I said, I think this is very important. Now you got this one. You ready? Dario Saric. Landry Shamet, a first rounder in 2024, 2026, and 2028. This one does not make most sense, much sense to me. Why? Because why would you be adding a third round, a third first rounder, if you're adding more players to the mix? This one does not make much sense to me. I think it would hurt the Suns more than help them. Plus, you're overvaluing OJ and OB. He's a fine basketball player. He's a very good basketball player. I'm not going to call him elite, but he's borderline great. Borderline very great. However, three first rounders, a shooting guard, and a power forward is not going to cut it. He does overvaluing him. That's the second one. And here is the final one. This is where there's only one first rounder involved. The Suns get OJ Anobi, the Raptors get Landry Shamet and Cameron Johnson in 2024 first round, more, more favorable protected pick. Guys, I'm going to be honest here. I'm not feeling this. I don't want to give up Cam Johnson. I know people are down on Cam Johnson, but Cam Johnson is a fine basketball player. That's not going to cost as nearly as much as OJ Anobi. Let's just, let's just be truthful here. Cam Johnson has many qualities to him that would outrank um, OJ Anobi. Honestly, I think OJ Anobi would fit here, but I think Cam Johnson fits better. And OJ Anobi would not be... Look, Cam Johnson would not have a good productive run. Look, look, 
You can't work him on the bench. I hate to say this. You can't pay Chris Paul, Devin Booker, DeAndre Mikel, Cam Johnson, and OJ Anobi if they happen to trade for him. So the problem is, is that, and this is also a position conflict. Cam Johnson would have to go if OG came. Look, I get that OJ Anobi is very good defensively and that he has a great wingspan and he's very strong and that he's an ideal defensive player. But, and he has, a, he has good free, free and D qualities. Look, I'm not... I don't want to say this. I rather have Cam Johnson. I rather have Cam Johnson. I rather have Cam Johnson. I'm gonna I'm gonna say it bluntly. I'm gonna say it bluntly. OJ Nobi is a shot creator. He has a good free and D. He has good qualities, but Cam Johnson just fits better. Sure, is Cameron Johnson hurt? But so is OJ Anobi, and he has more significant injuries. Sure, both both players are also limited in a lot of areas of their game, in some areas of their game. I would take Cameron Johnson over OJ Anobi. As much as I like both players, I just don't want to give up Cameron Johnson. And we would have to if you get OJ Anobi. There's no way. Logically, mathematically, it does not make sense. Logically, it does not make sense. Remember that. Remember that. Pay Cam Johnson. Bring him back. Why would you potentially spend more in OJ Anobi? Financially, and what you have to give up in a trade for a guy that's only averaging two to three points more than Cam Johnson, who is only they're shooting roughly the same percent from the field, whose rebounds are one more than Cam, and whose assists are point four better. Look at it statistically. Cam Johnson is going to be evolving. He's only 26. OG's 25. I get that they're different. But let's just say this real quick. Why would you spend more for a guy at the trade deadline? And then you have three more years of him being paid $17.3 Or whatever it is going to be cost him per year. Which is going to cost you a headache financially for years to come. Why not keep the guy that is already comfortable with Phoenix who is growing? But they're not that different. But the only significant thing that, that's really different is OJ Nobi getting two more points per game than Cam. That's a bucket. That's just a shot difference. A made shot difference. You keep Cameron Johnson. You keep him. 
Do not trade him. Cameron Johns to me is more valuable than OJ Anobi. I'm just going to say that. I am just going to say that. And people who have been more critical of Cameron Johns because they're like, oh, he hasn't played as much as OJ Anobi because he came in at 23. There's been a lot of doubt on him. No, him and OJ Anobi are pretty much the same statistically. There are just some key difference in, differences in their game. But I would keep Cam Johnson. I'm not trading McHale. I'm not trading Cam. I would trade Jay Crowder. But I'm not trading those guys. I would trade Landry Shaman. I would trade Darusarich to a certain extent. But I'm not trading Cam Johnson. I'm not doing it. End discussion. And that means if we can't have OJ Anobi. I also think that they're... Asking price for free first rounders is absurd. It's absurd. Plus, you want players in return, most likely? Get out of here. Let the Knicks deal with that. And if it works out well for the Knicks, it works out well for the Knicks. But I'm not the biggest fan of it. I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be honest. And real quick, guys, I'm going to get to the two bonus mock trades for the Phoenix Suns before we wrap it up here. Are you guys ready? Hornets, Suns, the Hornets receive 2025 first round draft pick, Dario Saric, and Landry Shamit. The Suns get 2023 and 2024 second round picks and point guard Terry Rozier. I would do this trade in a heartbeat you get rid of Landry Shaman, who's been inconsistent. You get rid of Darius Sarge, who's on an expiring contract. You get Terry Rozier when you're playing for the future, long term, because Chris Paul is not always going to be here, and he's dwindling. Just of uh, old age factors, even though he's still performing at a high level, he's not going to be in that way in two years. So you keep Terry Rozier locked in for four more years. Three, four more years. You get the two draft picks that you can leverage in other trades. Or you just hold on for yourself in 2023. The upcoming draft class or 2024, the following draft class. That's like a win-win. I would do that. I don't know why you wouldn't. You're playing for the future. You get Scary Terry. I like Scary Terry. And you may have just to eat $2.7 million more cap than what the... Horns are, but I would do that. I would do that. So, I don't know how you guys are feeling about that one. That's how I'm feeling. I would do that in a heartbeat because you're playing for the future. You got a primary ball handler that's going to assist you very, very well. And he's an upgrade from campaign and, and almost Chris Paul. If you're taking the older years of Chris Paul. But, I don't see many people can match up to Chris Paul. That's just my opinion. Now... Here's something very interesting. In the second one, second last one, Suns, Lakers, Suns, uh, the Lakers get 2023 second round pick and Landry Shamit. The Suns get 2025 second round draft pick and Lonnie Walker. I don't think the Lakers would do this. This would be a drastic inc uh, decrease for them. And points and just other statistics, but but they would be getting a really nice draft pick, swap out their 2025 second rounder 
for a solid 2023 second rounder. They have a guy locked in a contract for the next three to four seasons. And they're getting rid of a guy that's on an expiring contract who may or may not want to come back to a team. So maybe they'll accept it. And maybe the Suns can get some depth. This is a guy who's averaging 14 points per game. He's obviously someone to keep their eye out for. Will it help defensively? Probably not, but offensively, sure. So I would definitely consider those two trades. And as much as I like to give more in depth about it, there's just not that much more in depth. I just don't, in the end, I just don't want to give up Cameron Johnson or Mikael Bridges. I simply do not want to do that. Especially not Cam Johnson. I want to sign him, give him the extra $10 million, if he's performing well, or go just in the middle, go splitsies in the middle or whatever, meet him halfway, there you go, boom, bada, bang. You have him. It, it would just make sense mathematically, logically, and everything else logically, right? That's my official biased and unbiased opinion. And that's where I'm at. That's how I feel. That's how I personally feel. I've never wanted to trade Cam Johnson. Have I saw this podcast in different situations where I would entertain it? Sure, I would entertain it, but never accept it. That's the difference. You can entertain something, you can listen to something, but you don't have to embrace it or accept it. That's the difference. That's the extreme exponential difference. That's just my opinion. I know everyone else has different opinions on OJ and Nobi and Cam Johnson and everyone else. But that's pretty much where we're at, guys. And with that being said, this is all I got for today's podcast episode. Thank you all for tuning in. This has been a very fun, very fascinating, very in-depth podcast. And I will be seeing you guys Thursday, tomorrow. Do not miss it. You know where to find me. And y'all know what to do now. Peace out. I'll see y'all tomorrow. Have a great day.